Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually with podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff. You can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. When we start grabbing onto and holding on as a, as a newly person who is speaking, just one or two of those scriptures and, you know, say it out loud and meditate on it and things like that, your mind starts to change. And I think as we get a little, then we get a, we want a little more. Stories stir the soul. Stories reveal. And stories heal. In this podcast, we will give you an inside look at someone who's had a life-changing breakthrough. Real people, real stories with real breakthroughs. As a health and wellness expert and coach and Todd as a men's mentor, we've seen firsthand what God can do when it comes to a breakthrough. So lean in, listen well. This could be your biggest breakthrough. Hey there, and welcome to this episode of Your Biggest Breakthrough. I'm Wendy Pett. And I'm Todd Isburner. Yes, and, you are. Uh, Wendy. <laughs> yes. You know the saying how you can make uh, lemonade out of lemons, right? I've heard it many yeah, times. Well, I have too. Uh-huh. Uh, and so uh, I know you you believe that you've had lemons in your life and that you've made lemonade out of it, right? Well, I like to make lemon water because lemonade's really got a lot oh, of sugar. Oh, my but, goodness. There goes yeah, the whole health and fitness thing. You're ruining the illustration. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. That's okay. Actually, lemon water, that's a whole different story. All right. So lemonade, yes. is, everybody loves lemonade pretty much, right? And there is a, there's a. I'm like, well, I like lemon <laughs> yeah. water, but yes. Okay, You're go so ahead. You're so naughty. All right. <laughs> So I'm, what I'm trying to say is what that, I, that say? there are times in our lives we feel like we got nothing but lemons going on, and right. I'd love to make some lemonade out of it, and I don't know how to do that. Right. So right. that's the beauty of our having our guest on today, because she has a breakthrough story that will show you what happens when you're the cause of the lemons in your life, but you've made better decisions, had a breakthrough, and now you've made lemonade. Yes. And I can't wait to hear her story, more details. I've heard a little bit of it, obviously, but she's just got a refreshing breakthrough story that I think is going to encourage and inspire she you She does. And our guest today is Valerie Brocky. And with over 15 years in the real estate industry, Valerie knows the business and has a passion for relationships negotiating and getting the job done with excellence. Everything she does is with excellence. I've known her for a long time. She's amazing. She has owned her own mortgage mortgage branches and received bachelor's degree in psychology and business, which have all equipped her to be a sought after knowledgeable agent and negotiator in the North Dallas market and Collin County markets. I love so the she's psychology a Texas part. girl. I love the psychology. Well, part. there is a psychology. Maybe piece she'll do it. some psychoanalysis on Ooh, us today. You think so? No, I hope oh my not. goodness. Right. Well, she holds all kinds of designations, including gosh, um, certified home marketing specialist, um, accredited luxury home specialist. I mean, it goes on and on. She's really thriving. She's got in a what whole she list did. of titles here. I'm sorry, but that, that's a lot of work. She's a specialist uh, in this area yeah. for sure. But what I love about Valerie is she has a big, big heart. In fact, she gives a percentage of her own commission from every closing to local ministries that's and awesome. charities. And she likes wow. to say that she um, has um, a real estate business, like it's real estate on a mission. Mm. And yeah. with and with a mission, wow. she's on a mission ministry. and with a mission. That's yes. So, good. so I want to bring in Valerie Brocky right now. We're not 
uh, fully going to be talking about real estate. It'll intertwine into our conversation. But Valerie, welcome to your biggest breakthrough. Hi, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Well, you, Valerie, have um, had a few lemons that you've turned to lemon water, or as Todd would say, (laughs) lemonade. (laughs) I know I was laughing on the other end of the computer whenever that whole thing was going, because I know you. Right. Right. I can't get by with lemonade, but everybody loves lemonade. No lemonade in Wendy's world. Yeah. No, no, that's it. So we, we want to talk about a few of those lemons that have, have been in your life and how you've turned them around. And so let's talk about um, uh, one that you share a lot about and you have before, and you've shared in churches, you shared at different ministries, you've shared in the workplace and with friends, and you're so inspiring. But let's talk about um, uh, your addiction, Lemon. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, that definitely was an addiction. And, um, you know, we kind of talked before about what that came out of. And I would say uh, that came out of a a very abusive childhood. And um, so when I was very young, my dad was uh, very abusive in multiple ways. And so my addiction, I started just as a way of surviving, honestly. And and it's something that he would actually give me. He would actually buy me alcohol at a very young age when I would come visit him. And so um, it helped me survive. So it was, uh, I would say, kind of necessary at a time in order to survive until it was no longer helpful. And it was very hurtful in my life. Yeah. So Valerie, when you say when you went to visit him, so your parents were divorced? They were. They were divorced. Uh-huh. Yeah. From a very early age. And, and so how, how old were you when you first started to, was it alcohol? To drink? Um, I would say seventh grade. Wow. I okay. mean, yeah. which is crazy because, you know, I have a, a high schooler and to think of him drinking like I did at that age. I mean, it's just crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was just part of, you know, he was such a big drinker and a rager and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, it's what I always knew, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it just was a natural thing for me to pick up, um, you know, because it was in the house and he was actually providing it. Um, but yes, I would go visit him whenever I was young and, and that's just how it was. And so it was kind of a, a coping, a way to cope with the, with the abuse. Abuse. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. So uh, just to kind of put it in perspective, I mean, like what kind of amounts of alcohol are we talking about? Well, I'll just tell you from the first time that I drank, I blacked out. So, Mm. I mean, I had Mm. enough to be Mm. uh, in a blackout drunk the very first time I consumed it. And so You know, there's a lot of talk about, is it nature or is it nurture, you know? Um, And, um, you know, it's thought that people who are alcoholics have an allergy to alcohol. And I would say, I believe that's true. I also believe that my environment contributed to it as well, but my body reacted to it in a different way than I think most people reacted to it, you know, Mm -hmm. whenever they try it. So Mm -hmm. did did your dad notice that it was becoming a problem with you at all at any stage? He did. And he, um, I I remember saying, Oh, well, if it, if it affected me like that, I wouldn't drink, but, but he still provided it, you know? (laughs) So yeah, yeah. because he drank himself. 
Right. So, right. Yeah. Well, and yeah. you know, in a way, you know, he was single for a large part of it and I was his drinking buddy, which is very dysfunctional. <laughs> um, you know, but, but I was, and so, yeah. So I have to just jump ahead. I hope you don't mind me asking this, but how, how's the relationship with your dad now? He actually passed away many years ago. He, he passed away in 97. And honestly, I don't feel like I would be where I am today had he not. And I know that may sound really cruel, but because of the abuse and the relationship I had with him, um, it was after he died that I ended up getting sober. So um, after he died, I had about a year of really spinning out in my alcoholism And then about a year and two months later, I decided to get sober right before I got married. And so um, I just don't know that I would have had that uh, bottom, you know, had he not passed. And, you know, I grieve the fact that I never had a, a loving, attentive, sweet, protective father, you know. So I think I, I drank to medicate that loss and, um, you know thankful, thankful, thankful that I ended up deciding that I had had enough of that. (laughs) So what what did um, rock bottom look like in the terms of you said a year and a half before you got married, you just decided you were going to get sober. Uh, You decided because of why? I mean, were you at that rock bottom place or did something happen? Well, so basically, you know, I was going to be getting married. And the fact is that I was a blackout drinker. And so I would wake up and be like, where's my car? <laughs> Where are my mm-hmm. friends? And, wow. you know, wow. I mean, it was scary. It was scary. Yeah. Um, and to find out um, or to remember the next day that I had driven in a blackout or mm-hmm. whatever, I think it was just that next step of maturity and growth into a new season. And so I, on some level, knew that I had to stop. You know, I had to be able to be in control of my behavior and, um, you know, not worried about things like that so that I could be a good wife. And so um, I I think it was just knowing that I was going to a new mature step that just gave me the courage to do that. That's huge. Mm -hmm. And did you have to sever certain friendships? Because when you're drinking with certain friends, um, you know, sometimes they're like, oh, well, she, she's no longer going to be fun, you know? <laughs> so how'd that work out? I still worry about that today. Um, that people will think <laughs> well, I'm you're, fun, you're a lot but... of fun. <laughs> well, thank you. We do have a lot of fun. Yes, we do. Um, but, um, but anyway, so, you know, that just happened naturally. I didn't even really have to, um, mm-hmm. I did go to AA and, um, it's interesting. I just, I think the therapist that I was seeing at the time had talked to me about AA and um, I, which I wasn't even really conscious of, but whenever I went and said, I think it's time, um, the path was there. And uh, so I found AA. And one thing that was great about that is I naturally had a new set of friends with things in common. And, you know, we would go to meetings and we would go to meeting after the meeting, which is have dinner and go to movies and just have sober fun. Mm. And so um, I still did get married, uh, even though I had just gotten sober. And so we had a a difference in lifestyle. (laughs) And, um, you know, of course, I'm so grateful for that because we have our son. 
um, that marriage did not last and I'm not married to that same uh, man, but I do care about him and he will always be family and, you know, love him as a person. And he's a great dad to our son and all that. And so uh, definitely he and his current wife are part of our family. We celebrate holidays together. Do you really? I didn't even know that. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, we do. We've always done Thanksgiving and Christmas and stuff like that together. And, um, you know, because of the way that my dad was about my mom, the last thing I would want to do is create division. And Mm. so we're just kind of a a modern day family, I guess, Um, you know, and I wouldn't want our son to miss out on time with him or time with us. And so that is so healthy. That is so good. Hey, listen, we're, I'm excited to hear more details about the actual breakthrough that occurred and and where God fits in this, but I just have to back up again, just one more time, because so much of this seemed to revolve around that relationship with your dad. And I, I just want to pause for a moment because there are some who really struggle in that area mm-hmm. in terms of this relationship where they feel it's dysfunctional, just it's it's not good. And what's interesting is that you said, um, you know, unfortunately, it, it, it took the passing of your dad for you to become free from an influence that wasn't good for you. So I just want to talk to our listeners for a moment here because what Valerie is saying is a really valid point. There are times where you've just got the wrong people around you or that you're in the wrong environment. And if you, you can't always expect the circumstances to change for you. Right, Sometimes right. you have to step out and change the circumstances. Most and, of the time. <laughs> and that's so evident in Valerie's life that it led to your place of freedom. Um, but one other thing, your dad passed. And was there a time where you, you had to face this head on what that relationship was like? Did you have to talk it out with God? Did you have to offer forgiveness even after your dad passed? And just explain what that process has been like. That's a great point and question, Todd, because um, there was a process in my uh, healing and recovery where I had learned that even though I you know, was baptized as a young child and knew about God, I did not have a relationship with God. And I certainly didn't understand who he was. And so, you know, I had assigned the attributes of my dad to God, which is obviously so wrong and so faulty. I mean, um, you know, I, you know, had unconsciously assumed that God would abandon me, that he didn't care for me, that he would hurt me, that he didn't have a good plan for my life because of the way that my dad treated me and stuff like that. So I had to go deeper with God. And I I had a therapist at the time that when I decided to get sober, I had to do a lot of work on the father daughter relationship. And I just, you know, what I said was, I want to go deeper with God. And what that looked like is learning who he is. And when I could really start learning who he is, and who he is not, Then that began, you know, started, began the long process of once I know who he is, then I know who he said I was. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to, you know, I kind of call it like 12 steps plus. So, you know, the 12 steps are incredible. They saved my life. I would, I would uh, absolutely say to anyone who is struggling with any type of addiction, Um, I would definitely encourage those, you know, attending meetings and things like that for whatever the issue is. Um, And I feel like after that, when I met the Holy Spirit, like truly, truly met the Holy Spirit is when the healing just kind of Mm. supernaturally pushed me down the road. 
Gosh, Valerie, I, I think about mm. just you saying that the power of the Holy Spirit and, and how his spirit heals. And I think so often, um, I'm glad you mentioned that because I think some people are there. They're like just right up to the edge, but they're afraid. They're afraid of the Holy Spirit. They're afraid of receiving the Holy Spirit or understand, or maybe they don't even understand. Well, right? maybe because you so can't put for, it into words very well. well I was going to say, yeah. maybe that's because for so long with the tradition of calling him the Holy Ghost. <laughs> that's a Southern weird thing. And, weird and scary. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no. But I mean, even Holy Spirit, just if you don't know or understand. And so the fact that you um, had an abusive father and you're learning who your heavenly father is and learning who you are. And do you remember, I know you do, but that moment when you did receive the Holy spirit and what that, what the setting was and, and was it a full on surrender? What, what, how did that take place? So for me, it was not like a, Oh, it yeah. was more, <laughs> you know, a slow process. Um, it was just kind of more of, because you know what, what I had to tell myself and what I would tell people who might be listening is, you know, we didn't get to where we were overnight and we don't get to where we are today overnight either. It's such a process. And, and, you know, for me now, sometimes people have the suddenly, I just didn't, um, I, I had the, the continuing to surrender, continuing to make the effort to go deeper. Um, and what that looked like was learning, you know, he is the comforter you know, he will never leave me or forsake me. So all of those things that I thought, you know, my heavenly father would do that, that my dad had done, you know, when I learned that that was all false and could start relying on him, um, you know, it was just a slow process over time that I started to understand it and believe it. And, you know, it says we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. I mean, I needed my mind to be different. I needed to love myself and forgive myself and forgive others and all of that kind of stuff. And so it was, it was a daily practice of getting in the Bible, even though I didn't know how to do it. Um, you know, I, how did you start? Cause there's someone that may not know how to do it as well, Valerie. Well, I'll tell you one of the things that just kind of happened is I started listening to Joyce Meyer. And I will tell uh -huh. you that when people suggested her and I started listening to her it was just so real and down to earth and it wasn't um, hard to understand. And it was just a great starting place. And, you know, she talks a lot about how to, and, you know, certain verses and things like that. And so, you know, I started, I would Google if there was a topic I needed work in, I would say scriptures on forgiveness or scriptures on loving myself or my identity in Christ you know, and I would, I would print it off and I would read them every day, you know, and, and say, I'm the righteousness of Christ, you know, God in Christ Jesus. I'm the head and not the tail above and not beneath. And I would start saying that stuff every day. So and mm. as I did it, I started walking a little taller and believing it a little more. Yeah. So, um, so for me, it really wasn't just, uh, you know, an overnight thing. It was just uh, continuing to walk it out. And maybe there would be, you know, days I didn't do it. But the thing about God is, he doesn't care. He's always there. He's like, Hey, I'm here, you know, let's, let's keep going. And, and the more that I did it, the more I enjoyed my life and the more breakthrough I had and purpose I felt. And, and no longer did I feel like all of these mistakes that I had made or bad choices or, or things that had been done to me, they didn't define me anymore or shape my self-image, but who God said began to shape my self-image. And, 
And so it's just, it's been a beautiful, a long and beautiful process, but, but it really does seem like it happened kind of fast. You know, I mean, there are always, there's always farther to go and more to heal, but for the most part, it just, it's been such a beautiful journey. So, yeah, you know, I think a lot of people are relieved and encouraged by what you're talking about in terms of surrender to the Holy Spirit, because I think lots of times when we talk about that process, people equivocate it with an oh like, like moment, saying, like you yeah. said, right? Like everybody wants, I want to be on really the mountaintop. No, I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> My voice is too high. <laughs> yeah. So we want the mountaintop experience and we want it now because we live in the instant now society. Everything I want can be had in an instant for me, except that. And I think what you just did is you just enlightened people and freed people to understand that Walking in the Holy Spirit is a process day to day. And it's like you said, it's day to day. We're really never totally there. And we can renew that every day, which is so encouraging. Um, it, it was interesting to hear you say too, how, I mean, God seemed to use AA as kind of a catalyst to get you in the right direction. But the fact that you then went and sought out ways to grow in your faith. Okay. I'm going to listen to Joyce Myers. and I'm going to learn. Uh, talk to that person right now who maybe feels like Maybe they feel like they're coasting a little bit in their relationship with the Lord. You said you you decided you really wanted to go deeper. And for some folks, they're just kind of shrugging, thinking, I, I, I want that. I'm just not quite sure how to do that. I don't know that I have it in me. I don't know that I have the same motivation that that Valerie had. Can you give them a little pep talk? Yeah, I mean, for me, I just, I don't know. It was just the feeling that I wanted more. And somehow deep down, I knew that there was more. And um, one thing about AA was it helped me quit drinking and using, which was imperative. If I hadn't done that, I wouldn't have been able to take, you know, next steps. And then, you know, in AA, they talk about cleaning house and uh, taking ownership for the things that you've done and, you know, moving forward and walking it out, trying to help others. And so all of that is amazing. And life changing. And I feel like it's a divinely inspired program and all of that. So um, I don't know, just on some level, I knew that there was more healing to be had. And so I would just say, you know, he says when we seek, you know, he's there and we'll find him and more of him. And so, you know, I just, you know, Jeremiah 29 11 was one that I really, it's actually, <laughs> it's right here on my desk. Um, but you know, I, I actually printed out the scripture and I said, for I know the plans I have for you, Valerie, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. And I'm going to paraphrase because I don't know exactly what the next verse is great, too, though. It says, you know, when you seek me with your whole heart, you will find me. I will be found by you. And so, you know, I just knew I just took a little bit at a time. And one thing about the word is because when we start grabbing onto and holding on as a, as a newly person who is seeking just one or two of those scriptures and, you know, say it out loud and meditate on it and things like that, your mind starts to change. And I think as we get a little, then we get a, we want a little more. And, you know, as we get a little understanding, then we want even more understanding. So it's kind of, I don't know, that's just how it worked for me as I just started not really even intending that. And it just, you know, but you had a, you know, Valerie, you had a why, and I think that was a starting place. Your your why was because you wanted to go deeper. You knew that God had more, 
And as you were talking, I that that goofy commercial came to mind that, where, that where that guy says, "Stay thirsty, my friend." I mean, <laughs> yes, really? Really? No, I know. It's the I don't Joe think I've seen guy. that one. Yeah. No, no, the Joe Secchi guy. Yes, it's stay Mr. thirsty, my friend. Or what's his name? The Joe Secchi guy. Yeah, most interesting man in the world. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have him on next. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, but, I, but the, the reality of stay thirsty. You stayed thirsty, and you're still thirsty. You want more of God, and the reason you want yeah. more of God is because you know He has more for you and can do mm-hmm. through you, and that's got to be. The, the the why question that we've, we've all got to ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Why? Why? I, I agree. And, you know, that that's what happened is as I got sober and had some freedom in that and started renewing my mind and knowing who I am in Christ and knowing the authority I have as a daughter and all of that kind of stuff, then when I would have those down times, I would be like, wait, I have a purpose. My purpose is that I just walked out of this. I have a special equipping because of everything I've been through, the past that I have, the attributes that I have to help others who might be struggling. And um, and I would say of all of the places that I got to share in my speaking, uh, the place that was the most meaningful to me was at the Union Gospel Mission. And it was because there were people who were in there and they were still in the midst of it. They were struggling with addiction. They were, you know, down at, at, you know, at their bottom. And it's it's being able to speak to those people that think I will never get out of this. This will never change. I've tried over and over. It hasn't worked. My situation is too bad. You know, this lady seems like she doesn't have that kind of issue. You know, it's like, no, we are all the same. I was there too. I mean, my life before BC <laughs> was before Christ, before Jesus was so different than it is now. And so that's why I feel like I have a purpose is because there's a purpose for all that pain. And I feel like God recycles everything. He recycles everything and he uses it for his glory and for his purposes. And so it's just such an honor to have walked through that. And so my breakthrough has been unfolding over time. But, I, you know, there are little mini breakthroughs along the way every time, you know, something new happens or a new person is helped or something like that. It, it's just it's such a sweet process. Mm-hmm. Well, I just love you dearly. I mean, you're one of my close friends, Valerie. And, and to see you and to know you now, no one would ever know that you've been through what you've been through. And so that's why you do have such um, an opportunity to help others and pull them up along the way, um, when they're in their rock bottom, because they can see, uh, what, what God can do, because if, if he can help you and, you know, look at you, you look like you have it all together and, and you do right now. I mean, we, we all have things going on, but you know what I mean? Um, you're not in that same place, then it gives them hope. And that's what you do, Valerie. You're, you're one of the most encouraging cheerleader friends that I know and that I have. What's that and, lemonade deal out of the lemons? Lemonade. <laughs> yeah, lemon water. She's lemon water. Lemonade. Hey, she knows. <laughs> lemon water. <laughs> we'll duke it out later. Yeah. Um, but you are. You're such, um, you offer hope, and I love that. And so um, with that being said, I know that God has, has, you know, put you in a place of you don't have a quote unquote 501c3 ministry. What you have is you are um, marketplace ministry. Mm. You are, you've got real estate with a, with a mission, right? And, and with a purpose. And so you are very successful in what you do. You are incredible at what you do. And let's talk a little bit about how you are 
being a, a missionary, if you will, in the marketplace? Sure. Yeah. Well, so, you know, how you and I connected was through the Christian women in media and the speaking right. and coaching and uh, we, all of that. Um, and so there and you was, went through my program, right? Yes. Which yes. was amazing. That's why she knows it's lemon water. That's why I know. <laughs> exactly. <Yes>. No <laughs> sugar for you. No. And, um, and you know, your, your expertise in that is so right on and you've helped me and so many people so much. Um, Aww. Wendy, um, so wh- whether it's with the, the health and fitness stuff or just through your friendship. So thank Aww, you for I that. I'm you. like going to get teary. <laughs> um, but anyway, so, so, you know, there was a period where, you know, I was, I was in mortgage for 10 years and then God called me to that um, season of, of ministry, um, through the speaking and coaching and things. And what's interesting through the coaching is people would come for business and because I'm a certified life coach, uh, as well, even though I don't coach people anymore, but, um, just cause I don't have time, but, um, but, you know, people would come to me to grow their self, you know, home-based business. And then it would be like an introduction to go deeper with God and, and like it would come up and I was like, and that's why you're here. And so that was always really sweet to see kind of that, uh, that ordained time for them. Um, but anyway, yeah, but then soon after that season, um, I felt God calling me into real estate again. And um, I, it was a little off putting because I was like, so loving what we were doing, you know, <laughs> um, with the speaking and, and stuff like that. And, and, the ministry, the true uh, ministry in the church and stuff. But what was great about it is um, the Lord just said, it's still ministry, but we need you in the marketplace, you know, for the people that aren't going to come into the walls of the church. And there are so many people to be reached. And, and I think it's really neat because I do have the opportunity now to go to so many different places and homes and all of that. And I get to, you know, pray for my clients and, and God has brought me people that have been going through really hard situations. I have people who have lost spouses and lots that are in the middle of divorces. And, and I just feel like it's such a, an honor to come alongside them and pray for them and love on them and encourage them and just bring uh, peace to the process, really, you know. And so, um, and it's also important because, as you know, Wendy, so many of our friends don't have the funding for the big important work that needs to be done. And so I feel like in addition to having me, you know, in front of a lot of people, he has also blessed me in my business so that I can give and help fund those things. So it's kind of like a double win, uh, you know, as far as that is concerned. So I was able to get excited again when I saw the needs and saw that I was able to help just be one of the people to help meet some of those needs, uh, you know, out there. There are so many huge uh, things that need to be done, whether it's with the human trafficking or, you know, building water wells or homelessness or just so many evangelism, just all different things. And so um, it, it's just neat. It's neat to be able to still be in marketplace ministry. And Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I love that about you, Valerie, because you've got such a big heart and you want to help everybody. I mean, I just know your heart. You're like, I want to help you and you and you. Um, but but God has given you um, a platform, if you will, in a different way. It's different than how you saw it. But God knows that you're good at this and that you're, you're gifted in this area and that he can uh, equip you and allow you to, um, you know, share your heart and your, your, 
your gift of, of finance to other ministries that really need it. So you're actually making a bigger imprint and impact than had you just been where you were in that small little wedge of, of ministry, right? So I love how he works it all out. He does. He uses everything. He uses everything in your path, every little stepping stone along the way. It's so cool. That's such a great perspective because some people get stuck back there yeah. rather than use it as a reference point of where they were and where God has brought them mm-hmm. and where he's going to take them to, right? Hey, listen, before we let you go, a couple quick questions. Uh, I'm just curious because you're because life is not always turning out exactly the way you want it to today in the present moment, right? All of us face these daily struggles. We can look back over this great track record of, of, of good things that have happened, but still we have to confront these things that mm-hmm. challenge us. So what when you face these challenges today, what's like your number one resource that you find yourself going to the most often to help you out? Well, the first thing I do when I feel overwhelmed, which is, you know, it still happens, uh, you know, fairly often, to be honest. <laughs> um, the first thing I do is I get good worship music. And, um, you know, I like really good live worship music, like Bethel music is some of my favorite. And if I've got nothing else, I just turn that on and just have that <laughs> playing good. That's good. just That's to kind good. of help get me back on track, you know, just play it in the background, in the car, seeking out good podcasts like yours, um, you know, good life giving podcasts and, um, people who can just bring you back on track and, you know, even more important um, is getting back in the word, you know, opening your Bible, um, getting back to grab a couple of those scriptures again, and just remember, okay, you know, um, God, you've always been faithful, you will always be faithful. And, and there's also one scripture that I've hold, held on to. Um, it's the gift and the call are irrevocable. Mm, that's good. Yeah. So whenever I feel like I've gotten off track or I've screwed something up or I've let too much time go by or something, it's the reminder. No, no, no. You know, I can't screw this up. It's God's deal. You know, if it were up to me, <laughs> yes, I've screwed it up, but because God redeems and can use everything and, Oh, well, that's one more learning opportunity that I can work through and learn. Just from. one more, <laughs> one more, one more. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And so those are kind of some refocusing things. And then also calling good life-giving friends like you, Wendy, and, mm. you know, just kind of like stick with the winner, you know, the people that yeah. are in a good place that will speak life to you, you know, I, you know, will reconnect with, with you and uh, that, that all those things mm. help me kind of get back on track if I've had a setback in any I'm way. Gonna call her, I'm going to call her Dr. Valerie because that was just a perfect prescription that she just wrote <laughs> out for, for what to do when you're facing daily challenges. Right. I mean, it's very practical and That's every good. one very of us can do that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I know you really well, Val, um, but a lot of people don't. So we're going to have, we're going to end this um, podcast with a fun question. What's one thing that maybe someone doesn't no, I mean, I know that they may not know you know you, but what's something that maybe I wouldn't even know about you? Something really unique um, that you want to share? Well, I don't know how unique it is, but because I'm really uh, craving a dive trip, I'm just going to say that I'm a scuba diver and that I love to be under the water. I didn't um, know that. That's awesome. <laughs> That's just top of mind right now because I want to go diving so badly with with COVID and everything, I haven't been able to take a dive trip. And that is just, that is some of the sweetest time because 
most people never see what's under the water, those creations that he, that he did for us. And so anyway, so yes, I, I love to scuba dive and work out like those are my passions and, and relationships. She uses that as a, as an analogy, the, the diving thing, uh-huh. because on the surface, you don't see what's going on underneath. And in our lives, when we look at problems, yeah, right. and we're looking at the surface <laughs> and God's got all this beauty underneath. I love that. Maybe that's why yeah. you love it so much. Yeah. Maybe so. Maybe so. And another good analogy um, that, that he spoke to me one time, I was I, now I've been in environments where I've seen a lot of sharks on my dives, which with shark week, people might be like, ah, <laughs> it's usually not like that, by the way. Um, but, um, but anyway, one time I was, I was looking for, you know, years, I couldn't find any sharks. And I was always looking off, like trying to find sharks. And one time, God said, quit looking for sharks and just enjoy what's right in front of you. And, I, and I was like, okay, I'll do that. I'm just going to enjoy what's right in front of me and quit looking for something bigger, better, more exciting, like be here and enjoy it and love it. This is here for you. So oh, that's, that's another good, good analogy. Great analogy. About diving. Thank you. Oh Thank my you. goodness. And I did yeah. not know that about you. And I have dove once in my life and I loved it. And so now that I it's know amazing. that you let's <gasps> go. Yes. Girl <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about the shark week thing. Yeah, forget the shark week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bless you, Valerie. Um, What is um, maybe one thing that you would say to someone listening today as we wrap this up that might be on the fence of maybe they're even in denial? Um, Mm -hmm. What would you say to them to help push them to that next, maybe even step to get to the 12 steps? What would you say to them today? Well, okay. So to get to the 12 steps, um, you know, the thing is, is if it's causing a problem in your life, you might have a problem if it's causing a problem in your relationship, but it's a question that one must ask him or herself. Mm. Um, but, um, but I will just say, um, pray about it and, and just say, you know what, God, if you're out there, even if they don't believe in God, God, if you're out there, um, would you please guide me? I want help. I'm at the, I'm at the end. I don't, you know, I don't know how to go forward like this. I would say, just cry out for help because he yeah. will speak to you and then, and then try to create quiet place, you know, some quiet space and moments to hear back. And, yeah. um, you know, and the other thing is you could go try it. And if you don't think it's for you, then you don't have to go back. But if you even feel a little bit led to go, you know, I encourage someone to go. And there are also zoom meetings. There are so many zoom meetings and, uh, you know, they, mm. people can find meetings all over the world, especially, with COVID, I mean, it just every hour on the hour across the world. And so, um, and to look for the similarities, not the differences, you know? Yeah, and good. so, um, yeah, I, I would good. say that that's a good, a good thing to try if you're thinking yeah. about it. I Very love good. it. I Very love good. it. Valerie, I adore you. You're precious and I appreciate your time. Oh, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. And so good to see you both. Oh gosh, you know, very inspiring, very inspiring. Yeah. and she has has really been through it, but she's gone to the other side of it. She has broke through. Yeah, because she was very intentional. She figured out her why at an early stage, and yeah, uh, just there are a number of things that that we could camp out on, uh, but just kind of walking through her story. I mean, the first thing was if you're in any kind of a situation with a bad influence on you, you need to do your very best to remove yourself from that bad influence, whether it's an environment or people or whatever. Yeah. And don't be in denial about it. Like really be 
authentic yeah. and real with yourself so that you can get out of that situation. And the other part was that you, you know, you need to get to know who God is, not just about God, but that was really big in her life. It was significant when she discovered that the real God had different fatherly tendencies than than the dad that she had yeah, here on planet earth. Right? That's right. And that's, that's so right. key for all of us. Cause we have these misconceptions about who God is. So this was part of what caused her, you know, to, to figure out, well, why, why do I want this? And it really motivated her to go after. She put in a lot of she work. Did? Oh yeah. And she and, still does. And yeah. I love that because, you Very know, again, we, we all want the mountaintop like one time experience and it'll fix everything. And that's just not the way it works. No. She talks about daily surrender, daily discipline, and daily surrender, staying thirsty, Yes, getting like after that. God. <laughs> and I love the fact that she is convinced that her past does not define who she is. No, doesn't it's not define her, you either. No, your past. it is not your identity. And we have to make sure we break free of that. We have a new identity in Christ and That's right. she is living hers out. And, she, and I love the fact that she is reminding us that there is oftentimes purpose in the problems. Yes. So you just got to be convinced that God can use everything for good in your life if you'll trust him, you'll seek after him, and you'll make the and you'll make the lemonade out of it. You'll make that lemon water. That's out right, of the it. lemon water. Add a little uh, <laughs> apple cider vinegar and uh, apple cider. Thing? Oh, oh, and cayenne pepper. Oh my goodness, what a wretched drink! I have to drink that in the morning. He doesn't it's have to. Right he now, gets wretched. to. He gets to. <laughs> okay, good. Okay. All anyway. Right. That's uh, that's a wrap for today's show. We hope you enjoyed this episode, and we hope it blessed you. Um, Valerie is the real deal, and and um, we just hope that you'll share her story with others, yeah, and that um, it made an imprint in your heart today. So thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time on Your Biggest Breakthrough. Head on over to yourbiggestbreakthrough.com, where you'll find some free resources and information and a place where you can comment. And we would love to dialogue with you there. So thanks so much for tuning in and we'll see you next time.